0: Okay, our guest this morning, or, or our
1: guest this afternoon, is Miss Stella Pangelina. She is a UX designer who went to our high school, Brand National School. She uh, studied in Spain and had a trilingual upbringing. And fun fact about her, she's actually named after the BMRance Stella Artois. I think is the proper pronunciation, I'm not very sure. That's right, yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Got so that's Stella, it. thank
1: thank you for being on our show.
0: Thank you so um, much for having me over, guys. I, this is gonna be fun. I'm so excited.
1: No worries. Um, remind us real quick. You actually became aware of our show because of the Justin Eshack episode, right? Just like half. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, Justin's a, a good friend of mine, and mm-hmm. I think Alec had posted it on Facebook. And I was so shocked, thinking like, "Wow, worlds colliding! Like, <laughs> this is so interesting." And um, I, I was planning to listen to like a part of the episode just to kind of get a feel of you know what you guys are talking about so interesting i think till the very end and like i told you guys like i send this out to so many of my friends because it was just such a great um candid (laughs) conversation i think of like you know three people talking about very serious polemic um topics Mm. that you know you don't usually bring up in superficial conversations and it was just so nice to kind of sit in and like listen and be a part of that conversation so Mm. yeah good job with that guys thank you yeah that's
1: kind of the point point of the show to be like well you, most people don't have these conversations so we have them and they get to sit in. they don't really get to talk to us if they listen to it right but um, right. yeah that's kind of the point here
0: <laughs> nice yeah. yeah love it yeah i, I love that it's, it's such a good concept
2: so uh, you are a ux designer um that's right doing well in your career at the moment um you studied in well Spain. in my career
0: he said <laughs> <laughs> hey, no no no, it's, it's a lot of fun I, I have to say it's a lot of fun I'm yeah. sorry Alec you were go, you no, were
2: that's saying right. uh, so you studied in Spain after graduating okay. uh, how was that like coming from you know obviously the Philippines but obviously we've been brought up in an international setting but still going from there to Spain to study but live in that culture how's that been?
0: Right, that, that's a super good question. Um, uh, you guys understand this, right? We went to an international school. We had a lot of friends who came from different, you know, different parts of the world. Um, one thing you actually got wrong, Louis, in the introduction. I didn't grow up bilingual. I actually grew up only learning um, English and Filipino, and it was only when I oh. moved to Spain that I actually learned Spanish. Now that's gonna be an interesting story, though. We'll get into that sooner mm. or later. But um, but yeah, honestly, like the. The culture shock was definitely a reality. And I think that, you know, I I had studied Spanish for what, five years, like from eighth Mm -hmm. grade all the way till my final year of of high school. And I remember leaving, you know, after I, I graduated thinking, oh my gosh, Spanish, like I got pretty decent grades. I got this, una dos, tres, let's go. You know, like I can study in the, <laughs> I can study there. And then I land in this country and I, I don't even know how to like ask for where the bathroom is. Like, like it was like this paralysis, I think, of yeah. just having a particular expectation for how things were going to be. And then arriving at that point and discovering, <laughs> oh gosh, no, I did not know what I signed up for. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you guys had that experience of moving to, like, a new country. I I feel like, you know, um, that's what makes travel so interesting because you kind of debunk all these assumptions that you previously have about a place or a culture. So to properly answer your question, Alec, um, to be super straight up, um, I was... I I could not even speak, honestly. Like, you know, I'd be in a party and I just did not know how to exist. I was like, what is going on? What is being said? What are these jokes? Like, how do I make friends how do i be a person in this environment so so there was definitely like you know um a cultural and language barrier i think that that had to be overcome at some point um but yeah the culture shock was real i mean of course don't get me wrong the food food was great um you know um the experience of being able to travel and explore spain as a country was amazing but you know the trade-off was there was that discomfort of Mm. having to adapt and you know um adjust to that environment particularly with the language so so yeah
1: i think people underestimate that a lot um for me i had a fairly similar experience although now i'm noticing that i'm having a reverse experience because um, really i've spoken german my whole life with my dad but then once Uh i actually moved here what i realized is like speaking the language doesn't mean that you actually can use the language as it's used in the country right um because there were certain like ways of saying stuff that i didn't catch on to or that I didn't really understand um <clears throat> Stella, I think you're muted
0: oh sorry sorry go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no
1: worries um um but what I've experienced now is I, especially working in an environment where it's expected that you can speak German very well but that you can also speak English very well because we have because we do have clients who are uh, English speakers what I've realized right. is that I can speak English perfectly like on a podcast here but once I'm at work if I have to explain to a customer like what's about to be done to their vehicle kind of like how do you say this again <laughs>
0: <laughs> like like where are the words like i can't yeah, find exactly. it yeah yeah i don't know what it is with language dude it's such an yeah. interesting like it's such an interesting way of like i don't even know how to explain it like articulating it's ex- like articulating your own thoughts or expressing how you're mm. feeling like i feel like you don't really understand how powerful words are until they're taken from you and you're in a position where you kind of like uh it's it's like a, a helpless position, right? Like I know what I want to say, like I have the concept in my mind, but I can't but find I can't the words to actually yeah. express it. Like it's so frustrating, I think, right? I found that so, especially, yeah.
1: especially difficult um, in the beginning, trying to express political views in German.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Political views, religious views, like especially oh when God. it goes down to like these very, I mean, shall we say important or you know, yeah, very sure. sensitive topics. Absolutely. Like the wrong, the wrong word choice can lead to like, you know, to an entirely different conversation. You
1: use one wrong word in the entire sentence and it completely changes like what you just said. So yeah. 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 Which is,
0: which is tricky, which is tricky. And I, I, there have been many instances, I think like where I like tried to say something and like. Actually, okay, no, this is actually a perfect story. So um, <laughs> I remember trying to say to someone, I was embarrassed that something had happened, you know. And I think one thing that I've learned when it comes to learning a new language and trying to overcome that that language barrier, right? I, I don't know if you guys experienced this or if you experienced this, Lewis, um, with what you were saying, no, was it comes to a point where you have to ask yourself or tell yourself rather, like, you know, I'm just gonna have to say the damn thing. Or else I'm never going to be a part of this conversation. And whether what I'm going to say is, like, grammatically correct or not, like, I'm just going to have to, you know, I'm I'm just going to have to fake that. So anyway, I was trying to explain to this girl that I was embarrassed. And I did not have, like, the actual um, word, like, you know, embarrassed Mm -hmm. in Spanish. So I kind of went for the default, you know, estoy, which is I am. Estoy embarazada. You know, like, just add an A or an O to the end of the word. And it's probably, you know, there's, like, a 50% chance it's correct. And this girl starts laughing at me. And I'm like, <laughs> what's up? Like, did you get my story? Like, is that why you're laughing? And she's explained to me, dude, embarrassada means you're pregnant. And I'm like, oh, oh no, that, oh. Is, that is not what I'm trying to say. And, and that had happened multiple times, you know, just like this trial by fire of sorts of, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, yeah, just trying to figure out, like, is this the right word to say? Is this the right thing to say? And I realized that the more open I was to just kind of, laughing at myself and just being like oh I, I said the wrong thing sorry that's it the more right right the more I was open to that kind of reality and like just allowing people to to kind of see that hey like I'm struggling as I learn this language and I'm gonna make mistakes it actually became a lot more um a lot easier I think yeah there's sure. a pride yeah. there's a pride element I think right you know you don't want to sound stupid mm-hmm. you don't want to sound you don't want to sound like you don't know what you're talking about but I think that when it comes to learning a new language there is that point where you have to drop that because if you don't then you'll never be able to say what you're trying to say
2: it's just one of those things where it's like you just need to stop yeah you just gotta go for it yeah
0: yeah you you gotta go for it regardless of what the results are going to be or look like and then you learn from that right yeah Mm.
2: and
1: I, I think what's important to note there is that like I now have the I guess the privilege of being on the other side of, of that coin of being in the position where mostly I'm the person who speaks the language to a better degree. And when I hear someone who's maybe just still learning the language and they make mistakes, for me, it's not like, oh, this person's stupid. It's just that exactly. it's like, oh, well, this person doesn't like, doesn't yeah. know how to express themselves and they're just doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And like, the thing is you understand what they're trying to say, right?
0: Right, yeah, right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because I literally was reminded of this quote I had read recently about how you know listening to someone speak for example with broken english or them trying to articulate a thought in a language that isn't their first language is actually like such a huge sign of strength because you know Mm -hmm. um because it just goes to show that they are probably well learned in like you know their native tongue but they're choosing to like go through this path of discomfort to try and resonate with the person they're speaking to better you know what i mean and and I feel like I'm gonna be completely transparent with you guys when I was um, living in the Philippines and I still wasn't exposed to, like other cultures and you know, that concept of how hard it is to learn a language and to be in a context where people don't understand you. Like I would like crap jokes here and there like quietly with my friends. Like, oh, ha, did you hear what this person said? He mispronounced like this term and this word. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in Spain and having that same experience happen to me, mm. and just really kind of having like a that's so Raven moment like, oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> like, like you give what you get and you get what you give, you know? Yeah. Like, like it, it's really not a joke. So, you know, I think that that experience of being outside of a circle because of something like language or culture, even has, um, like, like you said, Louis, it, it makes you more attentive or sensitive mm. to those who are in that similar position when you're on the other side, right? And, and so I think if, if there's anything I have to say, like that was a takeaway from that experience is when I know, or when I feel that someone is really struggling to like, you know, articulate a thought, like I try as hard as I can to be patient with them because it's like, Mm. I know where you're at, man. (laughs) I know where you're coming from because, because that was me at so many points at university. And, and I mean, like, you have to imagine guys, this was like, you know, university context, everyone's like 18, 19 years old, trying to come off as like, you know, really smart person i got into the school for good reasons and and i'm here to like you know broaden my exposures and you're like trying to speak to this filipina who has no idea what she's saying it's kind of like (laughs) let's pick up the pace right so so yeah that was really that was really i mean i call it an ego stripping experience (laughs) you know to give it a little more those are very
1: important yes Yes, they're important
0: they're they're so important so so yeah, that's why I'm honestly like really grateful for that experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of it, like I was able to walk away not only with you know with a degree, but with this other language that I can now connect, um, you know, connect deeper with other people when I have that chance. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 just so much fun. So so yeah yeah.
1: So tell us about what that was like at a university level, because having gone to university here, here in Germany as well, but like. Like I said, I spoke the language my entire life. So it was kind of easy for me to like pick up onto it. But for you mm-hmm. as someone who learned the language that would eventually be spoken at you at your university in school, in a context yeah, of a country wow. where you don't really yeah. use the language, how was that? Because mm. I, I can imagine that must have been really difficult.
0: <laughs> <So>. Yeah, no. <laughs> like my gosh, Google Translate and I, we were <laughs> we were tight, dude. Um, but I think like I was I was in a really um like i was at an advantage because my degree was bilingual so i mm-hmm. started off my my first two years with you know a very solid proportion of like english classes and spanish classes so okay. my first year for example um all of my classes were in english but i had one anthropology my gosh anthropology class in um in spanish but thankfully you know because i only had one class in spanish i was able to kind of divert all of my attention and energy to that mm-hmm. um teachers were also gracious they understood like okay you know, here's someone who doesn't even understand half of what we're saying and is trying to make it through this class. So, you know, there were some concessions that were given. I think teachers were sensitive enough, Um, but it came to a point where in my third and fourth year that it was kind of awkward if I had spoken to a teacher in English, for example, or if I did like a casual class presentation in English, like it just kind of arrived at that point. But one thing that really helped me actually um, really kind of immerse (coughs) myself in that environment and learn the language outside of school was the dorm that I was living at. And this was um, a dorm with 70 other Spanish girls. So you can imagine like the chaos, but the amazing chaos, I would oh say my God, that dude. you know that we had in that dorm. Um, you know, we it was it was like a sorority of sorts. Like you know, we had yeah, lots of clubs. to say mm-hmm. yeah we had volunteering, you know, volunteering initiatives. We had sports teams. Um, there were a lot of cultural, you know, um, activities and excursions that they'd plan. And Mm. um, one piece of advice that was given to me was, you know, even if you don't understand half of what these people are saying, like, you know, just, just plug in, you know, get plugged, like talk to people, like try and get through that season of discomfort of sorts. And, you know, just get so used to being in that position that, you know, that you just like literally like listening to it every single day. And before you know it, you know, it just becomes like, how do I say this? It just becomes so natural to listen to it here. So um, yeah, university level, um, I don't know if, again, Lewis, if you had this experience or Alec, if you did, if you were learning like a foreign language, like um, school was one part, but I think when it came to like really learning it, um, like having my entire life revolve around this Mm. like motif, you know, of like, okay, we are trying to arrive at a certain goal. um, I mean, primarily for academic purposes because I had to pass my classes. Um, but it was like an entire lifestyle shift of like, okay, um, sacrifices are going to have to be made. I'm probably going to have to spend more time with uh, my Spanish friends rather than hang out with those that I know I can speak in English with, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I might just have to sign up for this extra class in Spanish, even if that means, you know, more hours of work or, you know, choosing to watch a movie in Spanish, even if, you know, I really just want to listen to the movie in English, you know, like small decisions like that that were really helpful listening to yeah. music in Spanish, you know, um, all those little things, it, it didn't go, no, um, it didn't, um, I mean, those, those little mini sacrifices, I guess, like, weren't wasted, Um yeah. But it's, so, I, I don't know guys, like I don't know what, what foreign language you did in, in high school, but it's Bruh. so different, it's so different. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like they prepare us for mock, like, you know, mocks you guys remember that? In high school, yeah, we had like um, yeah, the nice. conversational um, assessments and stuff. And I literally thought like, I'm, I'm prepared for this. Like I can talk about, you mm-hmm. know, like like basic things in, in, in Spanish and write it down with a dictionary beside me. Easy peasy. It's so different <laughs> when you're like talking to them in person. And yeah. like you know they're talking so fast and they have their hand you know yeah. all their gestures yeah. it's really different energy yeah.
2: I had a, like similar experiences uh growing up because, but it wasn't language but it was partly language but it was the lifestyle changes that you were mentioning mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. you know um when I could remember I was in California then we moved to Singapore then from Singapore back to the Philippines then the Philippines to hear yeah yeah
0: like you're Mr. Worldwide that's
2: right uh yeah so I mean I was lucky enough to be able to like speak English throughout most of it Um, right but that lifestyle changes in terms of like just little things like when I moved to Singapore you would call people like in the Philippines you would call most people like Guya or like you know Ate which means Mm -hmm. like brother or sister but you would say that to like anyone really and in Mm singapore to like older people if you're like ordering something or if it's like the bus driver or the bus um woman bus who's like yeah bus mom there i forgot that <laughs> one as well uh you call them like uncle and auntie yeah right and it's like little right. things like that that would like get me because i was like oh my god now i gotta change this as well yeah
0: true. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it's like for you, Alex, like, because like, how long were you living in these different countries? Because I imagine like, you know, I mean, for me, at least like the transition of, you know, Spain, moving back to the Philippines, it was so abrupt in the middle of the pandemic. That was like uh, a major, you know, adjustment for me, I think, you know, mentally, emotionally, Mm. physically, it was just kind of like, okay, I got to process this. Like, I'm not in this country anymore. Like, I'm in a new place. Like, I'm curious as to what that was like for you, because you, you were like, moving from one country to another
2: like yeah I never really had that because I never really got a chance to be settled Mm. Uh, each country I lived Mm. in it was about three to five years and that's just about enough time I feel to be like settled and right right but once you move couple countries then you kind of get in the mindset of all right well when's the next country gonna pop up and so I mean it was difficult at first because as a young kid and you're still trying to like find like what kind of person you are Mm
0: -hmm. and Mm -hmm.
2: now all of a sudden you have to make build new foundations make new friends again um uh find out where you like to go in the bios of like the city or country that you're in but eventually it became just kind of easy and I'm kind of gladful for it because it's it made me very selective of who I choose to like selective selective
0: sounds like a very exclusive word here no no no, that, that makes sense careful sounds nice you know <laughs> like hey nice to meet so. you I, i'm just really selective you know yeah. with the people i meet, you know but it's, a, it's that a makes sense. process
2: yeah i mean because like, if in that situation you don't want to spend uh, your time or waste your time mm. with people who aren't going to give that same amount of effort or friendship back do you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it's yeah, also I, I difficult because really you have to like because there's still that sense of like feeling out people and that takes time in and of itself and that's not something you can rush to so but yeah i mean moving around it it, it gets exhausting like i still want to travel but i'm just kind of like chilling at the moment because i kind of like being settled at the moment
0: mm-hmm. yeah no i mean for a very good reason that, that makes a lot of sense um but yeah that, that's really cool huh but what you said was was so interesting about how I feel like you how you feel like you've just kind of gotten used to it in a sense, like mm-hmm. okay, next country, pack the bags, like yeah. you know, airport, the best friend kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that... and that's what's weird is that I, I would say I would have a best friend or a couple of best friends, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like they weren't really, they were just good friends mm. at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yep. yeah, I mean I guess that's just how it is when you grow up and you're constantly moving from one place to another.
0: There's a term for that, no? They call them the third culture kids. Yeah. Culture kids. Is yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 I think there's like a lot of like material on like, you know, this subculture of kids <clears throat> move from one country to another because of like mm. parents' work or other you know, yeah. personal reasons. Um, and there are like lots of um, like, I mean, behaviors and tendencies, but yeah, there, there's like a lot of stuff on that online, Alec. Like you should yeah. check that out. They have memes for it too. and stuff. So
2: One of the yeah. things I found that, <laughs> it's it's affected me it's like my ability to sort of um get comfortable with things very quickly yeah uh, it makes you uh, really socially
1: flexible like yeah that's like, true essentially that's true, uh. you, you get dropped into some kind of a social scenario and you're just acclimatized to it basically instantly it's really and, quick yeah and in right, layman's right. terms
2: I would in layman's terms I would consider it as a mentality of like oh, all right we're doing this now okay cool Yeah, yeah rather than mm-hmm. oh wow this mm-hmm. is surprising I don't know if I can go through with it or you know
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it makes you more flexible, right? As, yeah. as well, like
2: yeah. And I, I mean, like what you
0: said about how it kind of just opens you up to okay, this is the scenario. This is what we have. Let's roll with it. Let's go, right?
2: Yeah, it can mm. be like something as simple as like you know what we, you what you eat day to day, or like what you're eating with people going out, or something as extreme as in like a certain activity, and it's like mm-hmm. oh wow, don't know about this, but guess we'll do it. <laughs>
1: I've made it uh, to nice. here, I'll survive this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. with that adaptability, like a good example would be like my accent. My accent can change like that. Mm. Um, like in California, I was talking more like an American, like I was more like this, and then Singapore. Did you hear a
0: difference there because I didn't. <laughs> Slide. I feel like your Slide. British accent Slide. is so strong now.
2: Yeah, that's because I've been around pubs, that's why. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and then Singapore because I've been international school it's like it was still kind of neutral and it stayed that way until the Philippines but even when I was outside of school in the Philippines it become more annoying because I was more talking to people like you know cashiers and you know shopkeepers to like get stuff mm-hmm. for the house and stuff and then when okay. I come here it's like very quickly, became British, and then like mm. like when we video chatted for the first time with Lewis, he was like, "Oh fuck, your accent!" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "What the? F- what?"
0: <laughs> the first thing you recognize. Wait, but Alec, you mentioned something really interesting about how you'd always talk like shopkeepers and like you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just random people that you come across like in the day to day. And I wanted to say like one thing also that really helped me actually as I was trying to learn um, Spanish was also like just kind of you know engaging with whoever it was around me that not necessarily just people at school or like at home in my dorm, but like, you know, um, taxi drivers, waiters, like these people yeah. are so eager to teach. Like I don't know, like I literally mm. like, you know, ask them, like, hey, how do you say this? Like, do I say that I want to pay with card or do I say this? Like, you know, like little bits and tricks and colloquial terms. Yeah. They're so they're so eager about that stuff. So <laughs> um so yeah, no and nothing. I just related so much when you mentioned that yeah, I was yeah. like, oh yes. I mean,
2: it's a good kind of experience just to if you're Mm -hmm. not comfortable with talking to like your friends or your teachers at the moment just interact with some of the other people like shopkeepers and taxi drivers as well
0: yeah exactly exactly I, I don't know if you guys experienced this but like on the other side of the fence um because I because I'm Asian and because I was in a European country I had so many instances of people just kind of telling me straight up like wow, your English is great, your English is amazing, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I mean, you know, I guess I it is get like that. I that, that all the fucking right, time. Right, right, yeah. But you, you don't look Asian though, Lewis. I feel like you, you kind of have that, you know, that European, yeah, so, European look.
1: So the issue with me is essentially, I get confused for like three different nationalities, so, or, or like regions, like, like, the first pick for a lot of people was like, yeah, there's like a mix of European and some kind of Asian country here. Some people think right. I come from like Southern Europe, which is like Italy, Spain, and stuff like that. And then I get yeah. weird stuff like coming from like Middle East. Oh, right. and then, <laughs> Where did that come <laughs> from? Yeah. Um, Sounds like so the same for it, me. So like, whenever I like open my mouth and start speaking English, everyone gets really confused really fast because my accent it's not a particular accent and that's what, what, what really confuses a lot of people because it becomes difficult to like date me back to a certain a region of the world because it's kind right, of, a mix right, of a bunch right. of stuff and yeah. so people get really 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 irritated and confused when I start speaking English because they're like well where do I go with this because like when I look at <laughs> the person's face
0: I don't. <laughs> how know, do I like, connect I... the dots here yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. oh my gosh yeah. no like I feel like my English is a little more American than it is anything mm. else so I literally remember there was one person who asked me, so what part of the Philippines? so what part of the United States is the Philippines in? And I remember just thinking to myself, <laughs> like, yep, this is where it ends, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is where this is where it ends. Well, um, you could have well, yeah.
1: been like, well, 70 years ago, you wouldn't have been wrong. But
0: <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> 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 that's right. That's right. They're not entirely wrong. I mean, if we're yeah. talking <laughs> 70 years back. That's true. But but yeah, it's just so interesting how there is that preconditioned mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, I'm going to listen to this person speak and try and gauge like where they're from or like, yeah. you know, what their background is. And I think I'm just bringing this back to what we were saying earlier, right? Like, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I, it's sad, but it is a reality that, you know, the way one articulates their thoughts or the way one kind of speaks is like a precursor for many things. And mm-hmm. like, it makes me think of... Um, of this book that I just read, you guys gotta read it. It's fantastic. It's called The Sympathizer. Um, if you guys don't know, A24 is like literally adapting it into an, a series with HBO and Robert Downey Jr. It's fantastic. Anyway, it 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 basically talks about um, the Vietnam War and how um, there were immigrants from Vietnam who had to move to the states. Anyway, um, beautiful story. But the point I wanted to focus on was how um, the author was trying to um, to illustrate. How people who used to be, you know, high ranks in the military in Vietnam or people who were, you know, working in the government or working as doctors and, you know, really just like these um, leaders in society having to move to this new country in this new context. And suddenly they were, you know, um, doing work where they felt less dignified, where they weren't able to, you know, um, expand all of their skills and express themselves in the way that they could or help society in the way they knew that they could because of that barrier and you know i think like now with how digitally connected we've all become like with the spread of so many like um so many like international references like like k-pop for example or Mm -hmm. even like you know us being able to consume content from like europe i mean from from spain like i get to see like spanish memes in the philippines just the fact that you can like open up spotify
1: and go to like the 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 global charts
0: literally that, much- yeah. that that's a better yeah. example that's a perfect example yeah. right it, it's just so crazy how um there's just so much opportunity now for people to to kind of like um become more global minded in, yeah in, sure. in, in a sense yeah. um so yeah sorry i'm just kind of spitting my reflections out here no, go but no, go go for it. It. um no. but but yeah like it's it's, it's wild, it's wild. And you know, you have apps like Duolingo and you, know, and you can literally hop on a Zoom call with people from halfway across the world and like learn, learn languages that, that, you know, that, that easily. So like to anyone who ever asks me, oh, would you recommend me like sitting through the class and learning another language? Like hundred percent, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, it's really cool nowadays. Just the access of information that we can get.
0: Yes, yeah, which is scary. I mean, I feel like there's a flip yeah. side of that coin. I don't know if you guys want to dive into that but I think like if we had to look at you know the championing aspects of that is that we are able to connect with people from so many different cultural contexts um well yeah
1: I feel like what that does because humans are actually really really social and really communicative creatures from their 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 sort of primal nature and when you Mm -hmm. give them something like the internet what you essentially do is you amplify that and all of the traits that come with that to like right. basically unlimited uh factor because you're now talking about a a society of humans who want to connect with each other but also don't, don't always have the best of intentions doing so right
0: right right and so you
1: you basically just amplify everything um
0: yeah sadly you you guys have spoken about this i, I remember yeah. you guys have spoken about this one of your yeah. episodes yeah yeah, so think, sorry, Louis. You're gonna say something.
1: I think one of the the aspects of life where you really see this, um, as well, that's just been my experience here in, in Germany as a, as a young dude, I suppose, uh, was the dating culture that exists nowadays, especially with the advent of Tinder and other dating apps. See the way it used to be, at least, so I'm told, because again, I grew up in this uh, sort of environment, um, or rather, I entered the I entered the dating market when these things already existed, so um the way it used to be is just your your pool of potential partners essentially was limited to the area that you essentially that you lived in right like the school that you Mm -hmm. went to the place of work that you went to your, your university your community nowadays if it's very easy for you to just go onto your dating app and just be like yeah well i'm just gonna you know look for people radius of 200 miles i mean that's at this point in like a developed country that's like hundreds of thousands of people right Mm. and so people then question themselves and like well i can't really find a decent person over any of these apps and i'm like well because like think about the amount of people that you're siphoning through and not all of these people want a serious relationship with you so like obviously your i guess hit or miss quota is going to be skewed way off as as opposed to just doing it the i suppose old-fashioned way of just mm-hmm. going out
2: and like actually meeting someone, right? That's, right, that's a little right. bit different. And I, and um, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> I think it's also just general human interaction as well, because yeah. uh, I'm reading this book called How to be Human, and um, it, it goes about evolution as well and how technology basically advanced so fast mm. that we as a human beings and our society and civilization in general, weren't what it wasn't given the proper amount of time to acclimate to it and so now we've forgotten Mm -hmm. how to interact with each other and it wasn't actually like technology like cell phones it was like the agricultural revolution that started Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because now all of a sudden because we were in tribes of like maximum 50 people everyone had their roles everyone had their jobs we were all happy because no one was higher than anyone else Now you have agricultural, the agricultural revolution, people are in charge of food, and -hmm. those people are in charge of pretty much everything else, and now there's now a social hierarchy, and then that developed, and that developed, as tribes became villages, villages became hamlets, hamlets became cities, and so on and so forth. Now there's a lot of people, and now we just don't know how to interact with each other anymore, in that sense. yeah.
0: I think it's so interesting if you guys bring this up and like well, how the, the conversation naturally goes this way because it's so relevant with my line of work which is UX right? User mm. experience. And Lewis when you were talking about um you know that that weird um paradox right of something like a dating app where it's supposed to make this entire process of meeting people so much easier when in reality it kind of just it doesn't. complicates the entire process. Like that, that's such an interesting like um an interesting situation, but I mean, in my line of work, at least when it comes to user experience, like the, the championing or the heralding line, right. Of our line of work is that we want to humanize technology and we want to like actually speak to users and like know what they need and then translate that into solutions. Like, you know, um, that could be a digital product. It could be an app. It could be, you know, a website or whatever. It could be sure. anything that users interact with. And, and there's a fine line, you know, because sometimes it's, I don't know how to explain this but like I feel like there is this strange thought now that everything or every problem can be solved by an app or by some kind of like a a digital product and and it's kind of funny because like literally like there are apps for everything I feel like there's like an influx of like so many Mm -hmm. so many applications you find online like there are apps for like I don't know tracking where your dog poop there are apps for like I don't know like um, like literally, sorry, that was like the one that I saw recently, and I was like, "This is absurd." Um, oh, but everything, I mean, you know, like for for tracking habits, for you know, reading news, for um, keeping up with you know forums that you're subscribed to, or sure. even like I don't know, um, measuring I mean, things. On. There are like,
1: there are apps that remind you to have a glass of water every hour. I mean, how yes, how yes. How, yeah. how dependent do you want to make yourself?
0: Office? Right, right. <laughs> like like and, there's yeah.
2: there's a fine line between using technology to make life easier and using technology to take away people's ability to think and act for themselves yeah Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. like i always
1: i always hate to say this whenever like especially that line comes up but everyone is so worried about ai and technology taking over our lives i'm like where have you been for the past seven years it's already here
2: it already has yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so so i feel like in my work right there is that there is that constant, um, I think this is something I'm currently trying to learn or wrestle with like at the moment, right? It's it's trying to find that balance of, you know, what um, what the, the business goal is. Like, of course, like, you know, there has to be some form of revenue. Like there has mm-hmm. to be like some form of, you know, um, value that we're giving to people. Like we don't want to create products that are just, you know, shams and, you know, mm-hmm. literally just fake, you know, fake value offerings. But there's also that other side where we're thinking of like, you know, is this really solving the problem and that's something that ux alec you, you were a UX, you're you, you you wait you are a ux designer or you were a ux designer i don't know if you still well i'm
2: more sorry. with like website design taking like a ux ui approach to it but yeah i used right. to freelance design projects with clients
0: right right and i'm sure if you've you know researched the frameworks and stuff i'm sure you're familiar with the the five whys i think this was a yeah. framework Yeah, this is a framework that was, um, I think, um, that was developed by designers at Toyota. And the idea is that um, you have to keep asking why. So basically, the situation could be there's a problem. And what you're going to do is ask why for a series of five rounds, to try and come up with the root cause of why that problem is there. So a very simple example could be, you know, um, I could say I'm not getting any sleep. And then I'd say, oh, that's because I'm sleeping late. And then I'd ask why again. Oh, it's because my schedule is really tight. Then I'd ask why again. And -hmm. then, you know, I'd go down to something like, oh, it's because I'm not managing my time properly because of X, Y, and Z. And then by the fifth why, you come up with a very intrinsic root cause that they'd consider to be, you know, the problem to solve. So I feel like what's happening is with all of these apps that are popping out of everywhere, uh, popping out of nowhere, actually, Um, we're just solving like the superficial, the first and the second whys of like real problems that we're not really going down to that intrinsic, you know, root cause is what they call it. So not to say that I am, you know, a designer who can find that root cause. That's something I'm working um, and like striving and practicing to become. Mm. But but I, I really wonder what that would look like, you know, like coming up with, a solution or a product or some kind of um some kind of uh design or whatever it is that actually targets a very real need right as opposed to these superficial needs that mm. you know that aren't exactly um well, what's trying to be solved
1: a product like that i suppose and you already mentioned which company makes this product as for me as someone who works in the car industry i as soon as you said the five whys i was like that's toyota and yes. the, reason, the reason that Toyota makes, bar none, the most reliable and the most consumed automobiles worldwide is because essentially when you buy a Toyota, you realize that it's not the most fun car, it's not the prettiest car, but it is a car that's going to run for 10, 15 years and basically give you almost no problems. And the reason they do that is because Toyota, in their development process, always goes in deep and says, okay, instead of developing, for example, a, a new family-sized saloon, which has certain technical aspects, for example, like it has a certain miles per gallon um, rating or it has certain technology that's built within the car. What they try to look at is how does this system work as a whole at addressing the need of the average consumer that's going to consume this
0: product. Right, right. And
1: I see that working for a German manufacturer that, that, that that's exactly what we don't do. We always think to look at our customers as this like this combined blob of people And then Mm. essentially design products that are only going to cater to them. Whereas Toyota tries to look at individual target groups and make cars for those people,
0: Right, which is kind of
1: why you will see a lot of German manufacturers nowadays. Like I can say this about this company, but because I don't work there, but like um, Mercedes essentially, in my opinion, builds the same car in seven different lengths for seven different prices, which is kind of like asinine. (laughs) It's just kind of like, what are you doing? dude? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I suppose in, in the tech world, what that would look like would be a single app product that solves a, sp- a very specific problem for mm. a specific person to an almost perfect degree. Mm. Mm-hmm. But
0: the problem is that yeah. you can
1: only bring one app out for every specific problem in that case. Right. So. Right, right. Difficult. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah.
0: that's where, that's where it becomes kind of tricky because even what you said, Louis, about, you know, um, that elusive idea of perfection when it comes to building an app, right? Because yeah. in the work that we do, um, and I'm sure Alec knows this as well, is that the product is never complete. The product is never done. And yeah. um, every time we come up with a release, for example, for an app we're working on, or for a product we're working on, we have to go for the round, the user research rounds again. We got to talk to people. We got to find what we need to fix. And it's it's this interesting process, this iterative process of just trying to improve and get as close as we can to this invisible elusive concept of you know a perfect product um but uh you know just trying to get as close as we can to perfectly solving that need um but again like you said right that that also does translate to I mean what a a hundred apps like catering to a hundred different problems that's that's when it gets kind of blurry um but but yeah it's so interesting that you know we are talking about um user experience and like how Certain products are catered to very specific people. I think it's so related to what we were talking about earlier, you know, when it comes to really listening, um, to being inclusive, to like, you know, trying to get people in a conversation and really understanding where people are coming from, because that's what's so important, I think, like in the process of building a product, whether that's a car or whether that's like an app in itself, like, you know, just trying to understand where people are coming from. And to kind of like isolate myself, to get out of my own head, Mm -hmm. right? And to like solve a problem for somebody else. So, nothing. I just thought it was interesting how they're actually very related. And, you
1: know, I'm actually glad that you bring that up because, again, I I hate to only talk about cars, but it's kind of the thing that I do. Um, That's fine. That's fine. I think one of the chief complaints that a lot of car guys have is that, or car girls, whatever, um, have is that (laughs) modern cars are so, so complicated and so so inefficient at being being reliable on a long-term scale and then when when and then when you follow that thread and you're like why it's because well these cars are overcomplicated and these cars are expected to do things that like are completely juxtaposed for example every every consumer nowadays wants a car that's basically maintenance free and it's going to run forever those things don't those things are just not compatible. They want a car that's Mm -hmm. extremely fuel efficient, but also has the performance to back it up, which is, you know, you have to extract power from somewhere, right? Um, And what that results in is a product that is basically not doing anyone any favors, except for the first primary customer, which is the customer who leases a car for three years and then gets rid of it, right? But um, Mm -hmm. I think that is essentially translated to all of our modern products, which have some form of planned obsolescence engineered into them. And it's because we as the consumers dictate where the manufacturers take their products. That's, that's first and foremost something that I wanna say. If you don't like the products that are being built, don't buy them, right? And, and you won't, right? Um, right? And the issue is that just, just as we place really high expectations on all of our consumer products, we place extremely high expectations on ourselves, right? Nowadays, it's mm. so common to be like, I have to fulfill so many different points that I right, impose right. onto myself, that we automatically start expecting that of our products, right? Like,
0: right, the reason right.
1: that cars used to be much more simpler is, of course, the technology wasn't there, but also because people back then said, like, look, I have, I have the need for a car because I just need to bring my kids to school and drive to work with the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And so yeah. the manufacturers made cars that did exactly that.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought that up, Luis, because I was literally thinking about that metaphor, or not metaphor, that example you'd given of a car that kind of, you know, uh, the expectation that people have of a car, for example, that tries to solve all the problems, but ends up, you know, becoming a really Probably subpar none. product, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So it becomes like a jack of all trades of sorts and a master of none and yeah. reflecting that with how we can be sometimes or how people can be or how products, apps can be, right? Like trying to solve way too many problems at once that it doesn't really offer a true value. And, you know, paralleling that with what you said about how we kind of can pose those kinds of expectations on ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. That is so real. Huh? That, that, that's actually, I have nothing else to say apart from that is so real.
2: Yeah. I, I, um,
0: honestly, I don't you know, know, yeah.
2: With that concept in mind, like switching gears a bit, how has things been like, obviously we're in a weird spot with technology advancing the way it is and the pandemic, of, of course. Uh, how has it been sort of adjusting and, switching your life into a more work lifestyle now that you you're out of school now you started this career as a designer how's that been like nowadays or even just overall
0: question of the year honestly (laughs) I feel like well I'm I'm about the clock in a year um at the corporate job that I'm in right now um and just to like quickly preface I'm so grateful that I have this job and like um I have an amazing team and the product that we're working on um is really like a project that I've gotten so attached to um and also I'm really young in this industry all right like I'm not Mm. even like a year old um I graduated last year so there's still a lot that I am so sure that I'm going to be learning there's a lot for me to um to experience I think and a lot of practice that needs to, to be done but like um what has that experience been like I feel like at the beginning you know when I had first started my job um, and I think we briefly discussed this before right like this idea of the hustle culture was so real mm-hmm. like oh my gosh first job first paycheck let's freaking go like I'm gonna take other projects on the side and like come up with a portfolio that you know that highlights all of my accolades and all my awards and everything and I don't know maybe maybe it's time <laughs> maybe it's age after like a year in the industry um I don't know what it is but but recently, um, I've just been a little more conscious about how, um, how much priority I've been giving career and work over other things in my life, like such as relationships of, you know, um, those of my closest friends, um, those around me, my family, um, that I think currently I'm at that point of, you know, trying to make that decision where I don't want career to like, rule over my life. But um it's not an easy decision to make because um especially if like you're doing something that you love, I feel like the yeah. lines yeah. get kind of blurry, right? Of you know, what I do and who I am. And when I kind of pin who I am and what I do, that's where it gets kind of frustrating. Suddenly when someone makes a poor comment on my design, I'm like, I'm a failure. <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's like one critique, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> like relax. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys have experienced something similar to that, but oh, um, yeah, I definitely. think that's where my headspace is at Ex-
1: extremely
2: yeah <laughs> when I was still yeah. like starting out, I was doing pub drop, but then I was like working on design as well, right, and so my days were just full of just work, mm. and mm-hmm. I burned out really quickly, right uh, I mean, yeah, the hustle culture. I've never really been a fan of it, but I did feel yeah. it at one point where I was like, I felt like, oh, okay, I need to like get this going. I need to work when, when I can. And if I'm not working, I need to learn when I learn. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: we we discussed this before. It's, it's I don't like it. Like some people mm-hmm. do. Some people like working 90, 100 hours a week. I don't.
0: Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. and actually, I yeah, and good for those who really, you know, find that sense yeah, of purpose yeah. in their work. Actually, I, I don't know if I would say good for it. I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> anyway, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to like you know word my thoughts in a way that isn't like offensive to those who do have that lifestyle because well, some you people know have that, nothing that's
1: else. some people have nothing else. So for no, them it know. makes sense that uh, and other,
2: other times they may just like what they do so much that all that's all they want to do is just for focus sure. on that.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. What well, do you I think, mean, Lewis?
1: Yeah. I suppose What's funny about my situation is that I simultaneously disagree with the hustle lifestyle and, and yet I find myself in it because um, so the way that my life is right now, after dropping out of university, I, I entered into an apprenticeship program with a German manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have that five days a week. And on Saturdays, I work my, the job that I've held for four years now in uh, hospitality. Um, and the reason I do this is because a rent isn't going to pay itself. And uh, B, I have to be honest, my my, my lifestyle is a little bit over what I would be able to support with just my one job. So I have to have two, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I realize that this is a state that I'm going to be in for a maximum of another maybe three years. And then once I've finished my apprenticeship program, what I'm essentially going to to do is just work my nine to five job. And that's going to be it. And I'm going to have to adjust my lifestyle to fit that and whenever i say this people are like dude you have so low expectations of what you can achieve in your life i'm like no for me i realized that that wealth this has something to do with the way that i was brought up but the the way that i see wealth isn't that i have all this money that i can use but i have no time i see wealth as i have time to do the things that i want to do but there's still enough of a of a lack of funds i suppose that Things stay interesting. That's that's really important to me. That's because, a really
0: interesting point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, for example, if I had an unlimited access to to money right now, I would probably fix my project car within two weeks. But then again, would that really be the point? Like, is that really actually what I wanted to do when I got the thing? Is that is that really what's fun about it? I mean, sure, it would be nice to be like, well, I fix the thing, right? But it's not really what I want. And so yeah i suppose i am resigning myself to to a more simple life uh, despite you know growing up in a family that comes from wealth and um, going to a school which has had only wealthy people um but still i i i, I almost prefer this idea of just like yeah so I'm, I'm just gonna work my nine-to-five job and then essentially use that to maybe save a little bit on the side invest a little bit here but really just sort of enjoy my life and make sure that i always have time for a future family that I might have right that's really important for me to be able to say like you know I didn't have to miss my son or daughter's school play or I didn't have to miss out on anything because I always had the time to go and do it right that's 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 more valuable wealth to me than in than any material or monetary thing Mm. so I feel like if more people sort of focus on that more people would be happy because I think that we have this this depression epidemic because all of us want more and it's never enough that's the issue I think at least
2: and I think wow. that's more that we can talk about in the next episode because I do believe Stella needs to be heading out pretty soon Is oh damn right? yeah
0: <laughs> no no that's completely fine I got a couple more minutes but I just what? wanted to the, the, the hop off the point that Lewis made really mm-hmm. quickly like I, I just really agree that you know the excess of anything at all whether that's wealth yeah. or yeah you know, the ice cream that I had this afternoon shots. Um, <laughs> um, you know, like the excess of anything at all isn't, you know, it, it's not great. And, and like, honestly, when you were going on about, um, you know, the expectations that you are setting for yourself and, um, and how, you know, wealth isn't just you know, translated to you in the form of, of finances, that it's translated mm. in relationships that you want to have with your future family. I applaud you, dude. Slow clap. You know, there's <laughs> hope for our generation. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I feel like it's normal for anyone to get, you know, excited about this hustle culture, to get excited about sure. the possibility, yeah. right? The possibility of, you know, where one can go with finances, with investing, and, you know, with money that grows, um, yeah um and you know like like there's definitely no no um no arguments there but you know i'm just really just so happy to hear that you know there are people who think of wealth as something beyond the finances and that just gives me a lot more hope for yeah. generation for real Yeah, I mean, we, um, we
2: discussed this before on a separate episode like we consider wealth to be more with the time that you have and that the ability to have that time and choose what you actually want Mm. to do with it rather than acquiring all these finances but you're stuck having these obligations because of that wealth
1: yeah that being said i do want to sort of fix my statement a little bit though what i what i often hear especially from our generation oh i think so has to go i think we have to move it to the next no yeah okay
0: repeat that repeat that you can cut yeah. that out right
1: yeah yeah, sure no someone
0: worries. just they were just asking me what time i was finishing and i was like yeah five minutes
1: uh, yeah nice. okay yeah. um so just to fix my statement there um i think what i what i hear from our generation all the time is this concept of like yeah i'm gonna take my time now while i'm young and enjoy my life so that like because i have time to work later right and the way really? i see it is the wow. is is the reason that I'm basically busting my ass six days a week now, and I have to do this for the next three years, is that I would prefer to sort of make sure that I can build a foundation now and then right, start right. to ease off the intensity as time goes to the point where right. I'm like, well, I've built enough wealth at this point that I have the luxury of being able to take my time. And that's, right, this, is what, right. this is what everyone misses. Everyone's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. if time is wealth, I'm just gonna, no. You have to put in the work at some point right
0: yeah yeah some people
1: choose to do it differently
0: later yeah yeah Yeah. now i'm so glad you mentioned that because i feel like it it reveals how the hustle culture comes from this idea that life is like a sprint right and i love how you mentioned that you there are habits that you want to build now because i think i have the same approach right i'm just kind of Mm -hmm. like yeah let's go corporate job right now and like you know put all the hours in while i still have this energy while i'm still at this age right um uh, but to think of that, those habit-forming um, activities, to have this mindset about work, about finances, and to kind of like struggle with that now, so that when I'm at that point later, you know, um, I'd have gone through that already, that, that, that discussion or whatever. Um, and Absolutely. yeah, I feel, like, I feel like that's maybe where a lot of that hustle culture paralysis comes from. It's because mm-hmm. we want so much so soon. Yeah. And maybe that comes from the instant gratification that we're so used to online, that you know when we're in the real world (laughs) yeah when we're in the real world right and it's kind of like oh what like i can't get this after double tapping on on like something (laughs) like like that's odd um and and i think that um just kind of choosing that slow i I hate using this word but the slow grind you know um i think i think that's what real hustle culture is like i think it's really like showing up every day in the mundane even when you don't want to for like a long, extensive period of time. So when you reach that point, like later on, you're kind of just like, yeah, I've been doing this, I've been showing up, you know, for yeah. for years. And I think that's what it really is, as opposed to this like, you know, fast paced, you know, um, um, anxious filled kind of energy of like, you know, I gotta get this now, I gotta do this now. Um, and I think that's something that I am striving to make my lifestyle about like I don't want it to be mm. anxious I don't want it yeah. to be
2: so yeah. driven
0: by by you know that that need for speed yeah, <laughs> or, or enjoy or, the ride
2: you're on yeah. right
0: you're right it's yeah. enjoy the ride yeah
2: all right I think right. we'll end it here but we yeah. would love to have you back to continue this Absolutely, conversation. Yeah, we have to continue this <laughs> conversation. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is so much fun guys. I learned a lot from from both of you honestly. Like um thank you so you much. Know, yeah. okay yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you okay. Know, we'd we'd Great love to have you on. back
2: if you'd be willing yeah. to come back and I'm sure we'll have another fun time just talking shit
0: yeah <laughs> hey, hey i was i was pretty nice huh like i don't know what yeah, you guys yeah, no
2: i didn't hard. mean it that way just you know just chat and shit yeah
0: you know? <laughs> all righty okay all right. cool. thank you for,
2: for being on stella yeah. see you next time
0: thank yeah. you so much guys but for real okay i don't know if you're gonna okay, you can cut this part but yeah. yo that was fun guys i enjoyed that conversation huh for real thank you yeah we yeah.
2: enjoyed having you yeah. yeah
0: it was really fun. Great okay right, cool.
2: right. we'll let um, you get on with your day um but yeah definitely yeah, would love to have you back and uh hope you enjoy the rest of your day all right well cool. you guys do happy
0: sunday bye yep.
1: see you all right so i suppose we can do a small uh voice announcement here about our little christmas break um so oh, to yeah. all our listeners we're going to be out for i want to say three weeks because uh, we're gonna because between Christmas, Christmas and New Year's, we're not going to be doing anything.
2: And, we're, we're um, just taking a small break just to exactly. enjoy the holidays um and yep. then we'll be back in the new year, whether it's the first or second week, we don't know. But, exactly. yeah um, but we just want to thank everyone who's been listening from the beginning or who has been listening recently and enjoying our content. We've been loving you know making this content for you, and we mm. can't wait to just get back and do some more in the new year
1: yep so to all of our listeners at least all of you who celebrate this stuff in advance merry christmas have a nice transition into the new year let's hope that it's better yeah Uh, yeah take care of yourselves
2: happy holidays guys